0: Hey, everybody, welcome to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. I am your host, Frank LaRosa, and I am joined by a very special guest, uh, someone that is very important to me and Elite Consulting Partners as a firm, uh, the vice president of the firm, Stacey Frank. Stacey, welcome to the show. How are you doing?
1: Thank you. I'm doing wonderful. Really excited to to be here. It's one of my first uh, opportunities to speak to the audience, so I'm super excited.
0: Stacy is the brains behind the success of the of of our firm and uh so I thought why not have her on the show and we're going to talk a little bit about really Stacy's success working with um working with women advisors, women practitioners and we also want to translate that to what it means to work with with women clients, right? Investors because I think that there's um um, there's a big opportunity there in terms of working with women that really control the large population of the wealth in this country. Um, but, you know, we've had such a great time working with our female practitioners. And it's – don't get me wrong. I like working with, with our, with our you know, male practitioners also. But there's just something about working with uh, the female practitioners and, and their whole teams, right, their teams – that gets us really excited. So I want you to talk talk a little bit about that. But uh, before we go into it, I just want to also re- uh, say that if you're new to the new to the show, uh, you're listening to this, because maybe someone have forwarded it to you. Um, we also have a YouTube channel. Uh, so if you're just listening to this on I- iTunes or Spotify, whatever whatever platform you're listening to your um, your podcast on, go check us out on our YouTube channel, which is Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. And also you can check out my Instagram account, which is franklarosa.elite where we post all this stuff. We also post um, a lot of great things that we do. Well, recently did a, a golf outing for the uh, Seal Family Foundation, which was a great foundation to help the, the families of seals. So when a seal is um, downrange and they're, they're, they're away from their families, uh, the, the seal knows that their family is being taken care of by this foundation uh, for all different types of things that go on in, in, in our lives. And an operator needs to not worry about those things when they are, um, when they are, when they are in country somewhere, um, you know, putting their life on the line for us. So we did a great, uh, we did a great outing. We raised close to fifty thousand um, dollars. Actually, we'll have a link to uh, the foundation um, in our uh, in our post. So go check out the link and drop a few dollars uh, into the foundation if you could. That would be that would be uh, great. But anyway, let's get into our topic of conversation today. So, Stacy, for the audience. I think you have a very interesting background. Um, <laughs> you know, a lot of uh, we have a lot of people at our organization that were in financial services, yep. and and I and I actually put you in that category because of uh, your of your twenty five year marriage with mm-hmm. uh, a lifelong wholesaler,
1: industry veteran, industry yep. veteran
0: wholesaler, uh, sitting at the tables, understanding. Meeting with meeting with advisors and sometimes meeting with advisors and the clients, going to seminars and all that stuff. But tell us a little bit about your background because I think it translates really well into why you're so so good at what you do here.
1: Thank you. No, it's it's really exciting and and. Yeah, I've spent a, a ton of time um, around financial advisors because of, of my husband and our friendships that we've built over the years, and wholesalers, and just people in the in the industry. So I think through really osmosis, really absorbed the um, the the language, the way to communicate um, within the industry and to financial advisors. Uh, but not just that, but accompanied with um, the the education that I've I'm proud of, which is. Um, Went to boston university a master's in clinical social work and people in the industry might say well how does that how does that translate (laughs) and in reality no joke i have a chair in my office that people clients and colleagues that often come to sit in but all kidding aside what that background really gave me was really a consultative approach, a consultative nature um, with communication and and actively listening, which we'll talk about more. But that approach, accompanied with some general knowledge of the business, really helped catapult uh, my business and the way we work with, with advisors, and it, it really seemed to resonate. There's a real huge trust factor that, that gets built from that. Yeah, I background.
0: think that you've had a lot of success working with some very large teams, um, I'll say industry veterans, and it's your style, your approach, um, you know, this active listening um, that's really helped them. And, you know, we we find, you, you know, you've been able to find the right firms for them. You're their advocate um, in terms of negotiations, and you do it in a very nice way, probably be a little bit nicer <laughs> than I do it. Um, uh, but um you know, tell tell the audience a little bit about some of the success that you've had, and really, and really, why do you feel like you've had that success with some of the teams that you've moved, mm-hmm. and then, and just maybe describe describe the team structure or what made those teams so unique, mm-hmm. right? Because I think there is a there is a um, a connection that can be made with with what your what the, what your team should look like, the culture of the team how they operate, um, and if you're, you know, candidly, if you're an all-male team, um, you might want to think about bringing someone in with a different viewpoint. If you, you know, I know a lot of, a lot of the advisors that I work with, they want to go after women investors, um, but they're, you know, all 50-, 60-year-old white guys <laughs> with gray hair, and I'm like, guys, you got to mix it up a little bit because it's just yeah. not going to work.
1: Yeah. I think I think the approach again from from the world I came in from the true counseling if you will but really consulting because that's really what counseling is it's it's consulting but communication whether it's a, a female or a women clients or women advisors whoever it is I think women in particular and this should trickle down to really everybody is that they want to be they want to know that you're not just listening, but you're actively listening. You're you're asking questions, you're taking a deeper dive to truly understand what's at the core, what's motivating them to maybe make a change, what's motivating them to listen to an advisor to make a certain in- investment decision. It's all about hearing the advisor, hearing your client, asking the right questions, but not just listening and asking questions to respond, But being able to get a better, deeper understanding of what they're trying to achieve, what their dreams are, what their goals are, um, how to get them from point A to point B without feeling extreme nervousness or concern. How do we alleviate that? And it's about listening, actively listening. It's about communicating, maybe even regurgitating what their goals are, saying things like, so what you're saying is you're really nervous about this, or so what you're trying to achieve is what I heard you say is. And I think women in particular, especially with the amazing, um, really compelling uh, women-led teams that I've had the opportunity to work with, I think it started in that first conversation, that assessment of what they're trying to accomplish Um, really having them see that I'm hearing them, I'm helping them define their goals, helping them define their visions, and then translating it to helping them get there, helping them achieve a transition. Or maybe for you, the advisor, it's helping you Um, Land a big client that you've been working on communication that actively listening. And I know for women in particular, it's the follow up. It's that actions speak a lot louder than words. And I think that translates with with all advisors, but definitely with women advisors and with women clients who don't know what to do, that if you are truly going a bat for them. And hearing them and helping them achieve their goals and that not just saying you'll do those things, but showing them how you'll get them there, how you'll do those things. I think that type of communication, that type of alignment, really resonates. And I, again, I've been super fortunate to work with some of the most dynamic women's teams around the countries, around the country, leading them to firms that align with their goals that have true women's initiatives. That's a I great. I was going to ask you
0: about that, right? That's that's one of the things that you've been able to identify with with uh, what firms have that stuff and and don't have that stuff, or maybe they say they do but they really don't
1: right. so so it's a cultural thing. I think the culture we have built here is to really open ourselves up to you know that that consultative approach, but also helping them find the right firms that say, yeah, we we run a women's summit. We have um you know quarterly uh, meetings in around the country specifically for women's issues, women's needs. I've had some of my um women clients, women advisors say to me, I want to focus on, um, you know, wi- um, women who are widows, women who are um, divorcees that don't know what to do with their with their financial well being. So we we consult with them and help them get to that point, and maybe even coach them on how to communicate better with their clients to really, you know, achieve that opportunity. So um, there are certainly firms out there which will have to give us a call to. Right. Uh, to know who, that, who those strong players are. I think a lot of firms say they do, but to really find those, those <laughs> firm partners, those companies around the industry that have those resources for women advisors, there's definitely those that we hold on a pedestal.
0: Yeah, I think that um, everybody knows that it's important and um, you know, most firms will have a, a council or something like that. So they feel like they're checking a box um, and that 's a start, but it 's you know basic and then there are other firms that actually invest real dollars into these initiatives and these meetings and pre meetings uh some firms will do they 'll host their annual conferences, and then the day before they 'll do something just for all the female practitioners that 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 come in that that 's the kind of stuff that 's that are the separators.
1: Yeah, and it's from a marketing standpoint also. Um, every firm has uh, marketing capabilities. But how do you take you know, someone who has a specific goal within the female population and help them achieve that? How are you reaching those women clients, those women investors? And so a firm that has a strong uh, marketing team with that concentration, um, have them show you how it's done. Not just, yes, we do it, but here are some examples. Here are some social media strategies and there's plenty of firms out there that say they do it, but there's ones that really um, have a really acute understanding of what it takes. I want to
0: shift for a second and talk about culture um, mm-hmm. because I think that again've ha- I've been fortunate enough to, to be involved in, in uh, helping you with with those clients. so, so I've met a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Can you describe to me the difference that you, from your perspective, right the culture within the within those practices, versus the culture that you maybe see with, with um, all-male practices? Because I think there's a difference. So it's sort of like a leading question, right? Because I know there's a difference. Yeah. Uh, but I want to really get people to understand how important culture really is. And people say it, they talk culture, but they don't really live it. And um, from your perspective, what do you see as the differences? Because some of these practices are really good practices, so yeah. how do you see culture changing in the different types of practices?
1: I think with with some of these, well, all of the women's teams that I've been fortunate to work with and you have worked alongside of me with, um, they, they have a plan. They have a defined, not just this is how we do things, but it's it's spelled out. It's, you know, they have core values, they have ethics, they have a defined agenda, maybe for their staff on how they're going to reach those things. And when everybody is rowing in the same direction towards a common goal, and they're following this defined plan, that's, you know, written out either in a document or however they convey it, where everybody's on the same page, achieving the same goal. But I find that these women's teams, their follow up is impeccable. And so everybody feels like, wow, we're really going to get this stuff done, not just say what we're going to do, but we have a plan. It's defined. Let's take these specific steps to go ahead and do it. So that in and of itself creates a lot of trust, a lot of you know strong communication. There's that buzzword again, communication within the team that that makes them really effective. And I would say, you know, this is not just a, a women's um, advantage. But for every team out there, but I've seen the follow up, the communication, and the plan executed you know, on a day to day basis um, keeps just everybody on track. It's it's really that simple. So they actually follow it.
0: So I want to throw something out at you, and because this is just something that I observed, and I would love to, I would love to hear why this is the case. Because okay. you've moved some pretty big teams, mm-hmm. um, you know, male teams, yeah. some arguably. A couple, couple of them were, were bigger than your female teams. But you tend to light up a little bit more and you get more excited when you help a, a female practitioner move their practice from one firm to another. Why is that?
1: Look, I just think that um, within this business, um, it's a much more male-dominated business. And when I'm able to help a predominantly women's or female team achieve business ownership when quite frankly, it is much more, um, dominated, uh, with the, with the men advise me, the male advisors. Um, and I get responses or handwritten notes that say, we did it. What we could never have achieved this without you. The, the, the adrenaline, the excitement that that exudes because, they may have felt nervous against their male counterparts, like, oh, that's just for the big, you know, traditional male-dominated teams. But in reality, women business owners are are exceptional because they're organized, they have a plan, their communication, all the things that I mentioned a little a few minutes ago, um, the execution of that plan, their follow-up, they remember things. Uh, or maybe they have a better system of remembering things, those little things really go a long way. And so the excitement um, and the reward, um, I've actually had the opportunity to sit in um, some of our clients' offices while they're going through the transition and they're coming in with uh, champagne bottles and like, we did it! And I'm there to receive that excitement. I mean, to me, that, that's the why. That's the motivation. That's just proof positive that our approach how we consult and communicate with our clients, with all of our clients, really, um, is is really it, it's freeing. It's freeing to us, and it's it's freeing to our to our clients that achieve something that maybe they never thought they could. Um, trust me, I've been there. Certainly, achieving something I never uh, thought was possible.
0: Yeah, let's t- let's but, talk. I was uh, <laughs> going to go into that. Let, let's talk about that because um, I think this, the the interesting story about Stacy was. Um, we're not going to get into the whole background of how we got connected. Happened to be through uh, through her husband, uh, who I've known for a long, long time, but through a uh, a great um, business a friend of mine uh, who passed away, uh, Barry Papa from Raymond James, who unfortunately passed away a couple of years ago. God rest his soul. I miss his, miss our conversations, mm-hmm. but he connected with us, basically. And, um, you know, I think you caught the bug, right? You, you started off with, well, I'm just going to do a little bit. I'll work from home and, you know you know, just make some phone calls and talk to some advisors. And then it was like every month, like you were spending more and more time here, more and more time here. What what was that like? What what did, what did were you going through? Because I think you have, um, I would say it's probably one of my, you know, if someone says to me, what am I most proud of building a, or an organization of 65 people strong? Um, you know, you're probably what I'm most proud of, your success. What drove you? Like what? What was it that caught your, because, you know, she was a super mom, like hockey and hockey mom <laughs> and field hockey and queen
1: multitasker, queen multi-tasker
0: and pickleball now and yeah. all that good stuff. Um, but, but her advisors come first. Her advisors are, are um, always, at, you know, she's driving 10 hours to University of Indiana and she's on the phone with, with her clients. But what what changed? Like, what was that click? where you went from basically working a couple hours a week, just at home, doing a couple things, to like, I'm in it to win it.
1: Yeah, it it was certainly a a pivotal time. So I've been here with Elite for about five and a half years now. Um, And when I started, I have actually also have a background in recruiting and job placement recruiting with some of the leading firms. So I think once I came to Elite and the consulting background, the counseling background, tied in with the recruiting background that I have, and then not just having to pitch one firm, you know, feel like I was selling uh, something to advisors and came to Elite with all the opportunity and taking so much more of that consultative approach, um, helping, helping advisors, men and women, achieve their why, it started becoming addicting. And I, I couldn't, it, it was like incontainable where um that high of helping someone achieve their dreams, get from point A to point B that they felt was incomprehensible or unachievable, that I could facilitate that, it was – I mean, that's the why. That's what gets us up every day, whether I'm here consulting with elite consulting partners or, you know, in some other industry, although I would never do that at this point um, – that why is so strong and it, it it comes through in the conversations and the way we communicate and how we talk to advisors, ask them questions, help them, you know, we ask questions that maybe make people uncomfortable. Yeah. I never thought about that before. And we have a whole list, obviously. Yeah. But you know, the, the sales recruiters or the sales consultants, if you will, aren't digging deep. And I think this is a huge change in our clients' lives. It's disruptive, it's scary. And so when we're tapping into that vision for them, helping them helping them define their division, uh, their vision, their own self-realization because of just some of this consultation, it's really, it's tremendous. Um, it's about people helping people. And if you think about my background in clinical social work and counseling, um, it really ties together because, you know, we joke advisors have layers. They're they're strapped by financial concerns, emotional concerns, family concerns. What will my clients think? Ego. Ego. What whatever it is, yeah. we tap into all of those things to help them really achieve a milestone, a milestone for them personally and professionally. That is an adrenaline rush that we, or I became capable of doing that. It's really, it was mind blowing.
0: Look, I think there are a lot of uh, people out there. And some people may not understand how how important we view our job, right and the and I always j- not joke, but every once in a while I'll have a client say, "Well, you just tell me where I should go?" And I'm like, "Oh, okay, a lot that's of
1: pressure <laughs> that's
0: a lot of pressure, right because it's a huge decision, and we recognize how big a decision it is, and yep. that is why we 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 represent the advisor is our client and not the firm's. But it's an honor when a client says, well, you just tell me where you think I should go because mm-hmm. they're trusting trusting us and our advice. Um, and, you know, look, the reality is not everyone is like that. Not everybody operates that way. Um, and so I think we have built the firm and a culture and you've been a big part of that build and helping the folks that we bring here, right? Because we, we, right, we have a lot of former financial uh, service professionals here. Um, some of them were wholesalers and different different walks of life and we try to explain to them um, at some point that why of why we love what we do is at some point you, it's going to click for you mm-hmm. and you're going to understand it all of a sudden you go oh now I know what you mean because helping building a relationship with a financial advisor um, if you're an annuity sales wholesaler mutual fund wholesalers is great and you go play golf and you have lunch and all that good stuff but when you help them achieve a level of success or do something to your point, do something they didn't think that they could do, um, but they wanted to do it, but they just don't know how to do it. And you and you pulled them along and helped them through it, get into the other side where they then ultimately say, I should have done this sooner, Yep. right? Um, and they're happy and you've set up because really we've affected them, we've affected their clients, we've affected their family, and maybe the generations of their family. Because if we help somebody go from a W2 environment to a 1099 environment where they build their business, and then maybe they can sell that business down the road, or they're just doubling their income, right? And, and it's more tax efficient, and then they're growing it faster. So they're building real wealth, right? Not not wealth by just moving from A to B and taking in a check. That's not really wealth. Real wealth building a sustainable large-scale business. That is that that has a higher higher multiple down the road. Yeah,
1: you're building a legacy. That you're building a legacy that you and your your kids and maybe your kids' kids, your grandkids, can all call their own. Um, and helping a family um, with multi generational levels get to that point, I mean that is that is impactful. So it's not just about. Hey, let's do a transition. Let's move you from one firm. Like, we don't, yes, that is the end result in many cases, but the process to get there, and I think why we're attracting such talent to come here to Elite Consulting Partners is because people are seeing the effect that we're having on other people. I mean, that's what this is it's a people business. So, if we have that mentality, and there are some incredibly talented folks that have joined Elite over the last five years, it's Tremendous. When I was started, we were 10 people and now we're 65. But I think our messaging and the why and when people are seeing, when people here at Elite are seeing the success we're having and the the excitement of our clients thanking us and sending us handwritten notes and and gifts to say, you've changed my life. That's why we're attracting people here. And that's why our advisors um, are so gracious for how we work with them. We don't take this lightly at all. So
0: I want to shift gears uh, in the interest of time because this has been a great conversation. And um, I want to talk about another business because you're having a lot of success um, with this, with your clients. Um, ironically, maybe not ironically, it's another. So I, I, what I've done a good job with is surround myself with really smart, strong women. <laughs>
1: In all aspects of your life. Right?
0: In all aspects of my life. Right. So basically, they get all the credit, right? Um, another another smart woman in my life um, is our chief marketing officer, Tina Beck, and she now is the president of our new uh, of our new company called Elite Marketing Concepts, which is our fractional CMO service business um, that was sort of born out of being asked to borrow Tina, if I can say it that way, but to borrow Tina. Uh, to do some uh, one of our clients' marketing, they're like, "Well, we just want to do what you're doing. Can we just, can we just use Tina for a little bit?" So we sort of had this idea, and, and Tina, as a, as our chief marketing officer, r- prior to me meeting with her, ran her own her own marketing company, and I started working with her as a fractional client, yep. and it became more and more and more and full time. But you you've had a lot of success talking with your clients about that service what what is it about not necessarily about tina but because tina's and i have some uh some some uh, recordings that people can go on our on our website and and look up tina back and and some of the podcasts will come out and you'll see how brilliant she is um on uh, she's just really like a wizard with all this stuff but what is it about that messaging that's that drives you to talk to your clients about about cmo services all the time i know we weren't really going to talk about this but i think it's the that's same okay. kind of thing
1: i think it just really happens with you know, again, listening, asking the right questions of our clients, specifically in this case, you know, tell me about your your marketing um, ideas and strategies. What are you doing? What kind of presence do you have out there, and, and is it effective? I mean, the question is really that simple. Um, just again, tell me about your business. Tell me about how your marketing strategies that you're currently using at your firm are are helping you. How is it helping you grow your business? And oftentimes we get the we get the pause. Um, and some, you know, I'm not saying this is for everybody that nobody's doing it right, but where Tina really comes in and really the value add of her is it, it's time. It's that advisors need to spend a lot of time to put their brand out there in the marketplace to reach their clients, maybe to 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 reach those women investors that we talked about at the beginning of the of the podcast. Um, and being able to take some of that, that I'm not doing it so well off their plates, it's taking time away from client facing and, and client revenue generating uh, activities, that Tina can act as if she's an extension of you. And because of her relationship with many of the firms we work with, where she can act as just, again, I like using the term an extension of the advisor and, and exist as them in the marketing space and the social media space, it's it's a no-brainer, or at least it's it's worth a consultation from Tina and I. And I think our, our ratio, I think we're four for four or five yeah. for five. Um, the advisor sees the value in Tina's expertise with compliance, her expertise with creativity, on branding, with websites, social media, how to put themselves out there and maybe reach a niche client that they've been trying to achieve that they can't. And the analytics are are proof proof is in the pie um, that it, it's working, um, and there is no attrition. Once someone brings Tina on, it's typically it becomes an adrenaline rush yeah, she again. Has, she A success. Some, is she huge. has some
0: posts that get more get more views. One post will get more views than the advisor's entire posts for the year guy, <laughs> <laughs> like all of their posts combined. Yeah. Um, you know, we're helping. We're actually working with a with a client right now uh, that's getting their uh, divorced financial analyst uh, designation, and was building out a website and all that. Mm-hmm. And so um, she's she's coming on board as a client because they just resonate. And Tina gets that space. Um, I think what what does separate her from the from everybody is um, well, one of them her passion. Like you, uh, she feels like a calling to this to really get the financial advisor. Out there with who they really are, right, mm-hmm. uh, as an individual, so that they can attract the types of clients that they're looking for. But I think one of the things that is more unique is her ability to work with the compliance departments of the firms that we work with. We work with a lot, some, some, some large independent broker dealers, a uh, number of RIAs, and um, a, couple, a couple of, we're bringing on a couple of large accounting firms actually, because we really only focus on the financial service world. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's her ability to, um, to, to work and make the job easier for the financial advisor because if it's too difficult, they're just not going to do it. And that's not the right answer. Um, yeah. if the right answer is find someone else to do it. There's a book that, that I read called uh, a, written by Dan Sullivan called Who, Not How, right? And it's don't worry about how you're going to do it. Just figure out who's going to do it for you. Um, and that's the premise of, of that's the whole premise of the book. But that's why this has been so successful. But I've just noticed with all of the um, and this is a newer business for us. It actually only started in uh, in January, but we've already hired two more staff people to handle the flow of clients that are coming in and, and are interested. Um, but I just noticed the connection uh, with the the same passion with you when you talk about that service versus some of the other folks at the firm um, and just...
1: Yeah, again, it's, you know, um, advisors have layers, they have visions and dreams. And I think what Tina, uh, maybe Tina and I together tap into is really digging deep into something that maybe an advisor was never able to achieve at maybe a more captive firm that they're at. Nothing wrong with it, just that's just... The culture of the firm, but it's allowing them to get their voice out there, get their ideas or creativity out there, their outreach to a certain client population that they wanted to reach. And so I think Tina and I together free the advisor from from having more of a voice for what they believe in, um, you know, goals they have for themselves and their clients. And through Tina's CMO, uh, consultations, social media, the website, just the coaching she provides to advisors, is really unleashing that for the advisor, and, and that's the messaging that we're, you know, communicating. Again, there's that communication thing in our in our conversations. It's really resonating. So,
0: yeah, so you know, I, I appreciate you being on the show. Um, for those that are listening, you know, this show is called Advisor Talk because it, it's all about the financial advisor. It's all about in our world, the the financial advisor is the center of our universe it's our why, right? Serving the financial advisor is our why. Um, And, you know, building out this other business, not that it's been easy, but it's what's, it's what was necessary in order to serve our community. Um, This was really something that, that I, that I started to recognize uh, the, the advisors needed. Um, And so we built it out, but, you know, but having you on the team, having you really help build the core of this team and, Really, become the sort of the the I don't know the the nucleus of our of our the backbone of our company has been um, nothing but exciting to watch. And uh, having you on the show is an honor. Having you here is an honor. Um, all your success has been um, it's been awesome to watch. So uh, for those of you that are Thank out you. there and you're looking for a really really good caring understanding thoughtful uh, consultant to help you with your practice. This Is the person you need to be talking to because she's the best at it, uh, the best I've seen. Uh, I've been in the business a long time, so you can give her a call. Uh, what's your phone number?
1: 856 816 6322. And how do they email you? Uh, Stacy at elite consultingpartners.com. Stacy, C E Y, don't forget the E. C-E-Y. So So, um, and
0: don't forget to like and subscribe. Check out our YouTube channel. You'll check us out. Um, I brought her on the show to at least make this make this look a little bit better than it was before. Um, and, uh, you know, again, thanks for all your feedback, all your um, your glowing reviews. We really appreciate it. I love when I talk to somebody they're like, oh, I just heard this podcast or sometimes I have people that are like, hey, I was just on a, on a four hour drive and I listened to all your podcasts. I was like, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, but we appreciate it. That's why we do. it's why we do what we do. It's we're trying to educate um, the, the advisor community, in with all different topics, just so that you understand what's going on in the industry um, that you might not be aware of because you get your head down. So it's our job to to educate you. So thanks for joining us. If you thought this was a great podcast uh, and, and interesting to you, or maybe interesting to somebody else, please share it. Uh, we don't do any advertising. I've had I've had firms uh, want to advertise on the show, and we're just not interested in doing that um, because really this is about the financial advisor and not. Not, not the uh, broker-dealers that are out there, they, they, they do enough. And so, uh, anyway, thanks a lot for watching and listening, and we'll see you next time.
1: Thank you. Thanks for listening to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. If you're looking for more advice or solutions on any topics in the financial services industry, or you just want to subscribe to our podcast, head on over to EliteConsultingPartners.com slash podcasts.